Welcome to the Denim Dungeon Podcast. I am your host, Brian Rennick, a contributor at 49ers Web Zone, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy and fellow contributor, Timbo Slice. Tim, how's it going tonight? Doing real well, Brian. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. It's been an interesting night. Um, we are recording on Thursday night. It is October 1st, and the President of the United States has announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19. So it is a, it is an, it's an interesting night to say the least. That's, that's big information. I mean, especially after the first debate, it's, it's been just, I I don't even know how to feel about the way politics are going right now. Um, but he tweeted it out at what time? Um, it was our time. So West coast time was, I believe about like 10, 15, 10, 20 ish, somewhere so around like, there. It's been about like 20, 20, 25 in DC. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It was, it was definitely late, uh, back there, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think if you tested positive for COVID-19, it'd probably be difficult for you to sleep as well. I mean, I get he's the president of the United States, but he's getting his test results at like one thirty. Or did he plan on, like, did he get him earlier? And he's like, nope, I'm going to wait until everybody's asleep in this country. And then I'm going to release this information. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Um, I would imagine that, uh, I would imagine that, I don't know. I would say that he probably got tested more than once. And so, you know, maybe they tested and they're like, oh, it's positive. And they're like, oh, we better test again. And they tested again and it was positive. And maybe they're like, mm, third time's the charm. And then they tested it and it came back positive and they're like, no, eh, this is, this is probably real. And so he and Melania both, both tested positive. And so it, uh, it's interesting because, um, we wanted to start the show off tonight talking about the situation with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Tennessee Titans were supposed to play the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday and they have had now, I believe 10 positive cases in the organization. And that is, uh, I believe it's four players and six staff members. And so, uh, I just wanted to talk about it because it's kind of a stark reminder of the times that, that we're living in right now, because it feels like since the season has started, nothing has really felt all that different. I mean, obviously outside of watching games where there are no fans in the crowd, it really has felt like kind of a return to normal. And now here we are week four and we've got our first real COVID situation where a game is being postponed. And, you know, as a fantasy football player, you think about it, you're like, well, if I've got te- if I've got players on either one of those teams, I'm out those players this week. But more than that, it's like, it just, like I said, a stark reminder of, of kind of the times that we're in right now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've read, like, I just, I read that there was eight, eight people within the the Titans organization that have tested positive. And that is, it's crazy to think that through all, all of the precautions that each organization is going through and they have, they have so much, they have so many more resources at their disposal to keep players and personnel safe within the organization, as opposed to, you know, every day, you know, you know, me and you and Joe and Blow and whoever is uh, out in the community, like we we both we're both educators. Mm-hmm. You know, we work at a school. We don't have the resources to 
to to go through you know the testing the daily testing that they go through in the NFL the the security measures that they go through you know getting onto the facility and and all that stuff like and we I, I mean I can't imagine what it would be like as an NFL franchise as an owner to put forth millions and millions of dollars in this testing and then to have eight people within your organization test positive basically what that means is that there were eight people that either disregarded the protocols right or did something so risky that that they put themselves and the organization at risk and that's millions and millions of dollars that they're putting at risk it's just it, i understand that covid is is real and it's it's contagious um but it just seems to me like that's pretty pretty irresponsible of the players and the and the personnel within the Titans group to to get this. And there was a, yeah. a statement released by the NFL, and they they said, and it was like highlighted and bold. And it, they said you need to treat every single person that you come in contact with like they are positive for COVID. That is how you have to treat the situation. And it just shows that the Titans didn't do that. And I just hope it is a, a very strong reminder for every single NFL team moving forward because we don't want, as fans, we don't want games missed due to this. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's hopefully what it is as a wake-up call because, I mean, there's been other situations, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan was fined $100,000 for not wearing his face mask on the sideline. Um, John Gruden of the Raiders was fined $100,000 for not wearing his face mask. And not only that, uh, but the NFL is actually investigating some situations within the Raiders organization where Derek Carr and, and some other players were uh, photographed at an event with uh, a group of people that was obviously larger than the size that's uh, allowed in Nevada currently, and no one is wearing masks. And so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're busting our ass to put this season on and, and try and do our best to have this season. You know, obviously there are reasons other than to, for the fans, you know, there is money involved and things of that nature, but you know, for, for a team to blatantly disregard what, you know, the 32 other teams have put into place and, and the hundreds and thousands of other NFL uh, employees, uh, team employees, players, you know, league office employees to just blatantly disregard those things. You know, it's kind of a slap in the face to, to everybody else. And so, like I said, it's just an interesting, interesting situation. And, you know, we were, we were talking right before we started recording and I, and I asked you if, if you ever had these moments, cause I still have them where, you know, my wife and I went on a date last Friday and, and we were out at this, you know, local kind of outdoor uh, shopping area waiting for a table at a restaurant we were going to. And, you know, you see all these, all these people walk by and they're wearing masks. And just at one point, like, it just kind of hit me like, this is weird. Like this is, you know, this, this is the new reality. And, and it's not, you know, um, it's, it's something that, I, I, I could have never imagined, right? Like I can never imagine just being out someplace wearing a mask myself and seeing all these other people wear masks and, and being in the midst of, you know, a, a global 
pandemic. I mean, these are things that you read about in novels or, or see in movies and you're like, well, you know, that's kind of far-fetched and, and now here we are. And so it's just a, it's just a crazy time that we live in. And, and again, this, this game postponement is just another reminder that, you know, 2020 is, is a dumpster fire. Yeah. 2020 is no joke and it's, it's coming after us fast and hard. Uh, I don't know if you, if you remember, I sent you that uh, link on Twitter today Yeah, that the San Andreas fault has experienced a significant amount of minor earthquakes from everywhere from 1.1 up to 4.0 within the last 24 hours. And they're saying, uh, prepare and get ready. Yeah. And with all of this, with <laughs> Trump, with the Titans, with the San Andreas fault, um, the biggest news, obviously, would be: uh, did you did you see that George Kittle apparently likes pineapple on his pizza? Oh man, yeah. Well, uh, the, I I also like pineapple on my pizza, so that's not a. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't his. He said thing. it's not his favorite, and I believe it was his wife was was on a podcast, and they got they got Kittle to come on as a guest, and and he and he said he goes, look, I I'm I'm not gonna take it off i'll eat that it's good he goes it's not my favorite pepperoni and like supreme those are his favorite you know favorite types of pizza but he you know he's he's not opposed to to pineapple on a pizza a little pineapple and ham it's not so bad you know you know one of my favorite pizzas is actually uh hawaiian pizza but with a garlic white sauce instead of a red sauce oh man that is delightful but uh i have what I like to affectionately call a uh, toddler's palate. And so my favorite pizza is just pepperoni. <laughs> like, that's it. Toddler. It's not no very sophisticated, no is it? No anything. No. Nope. No. No. Uh, nothing. One, the last weekend, I was uh, playing golf with my um, uh, cousin Blaine. You know him. He's, he's a good buddy of ours. Blainer. Blainer's. And he he or, he always orders pizza for the family afterwards, and he gets a Hawaiian pizza, but then I believe he gets cashews on it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's not only just the the pepperoni and the Hawaiian or in the ham, but also the cashews. And you know, buddy, it's a game changer. Toddler, toddler palate does not like cashews. Does not. You can't <laughs> handle that. It's too yeah. much. I think we have a new nickname for me. You just start calling me TP, and it stands for toddler palate. <laughs> There's a lot of things that TP could stand for, and uh, that's why you have to explain it. Nope, I'm just going with TP. TP. All right, TP. What up, TP? What, what's next on the podcast, TP? All right, so let's get a few news and notes uh, coming out of 49er land. Obviously, this is a 49er podcast, so let's go ahead and start focusing on them. The The big news for Sunday, uh, for the game Sunday, is that uh, Jimmy G still has not practiced this week. Shanahan said he would only need one full practice in order to start on Sunday. However, he did not practice Wednesday and he did not practice Thursday. Friday is a walkthrough. So it is uh, increasingly likely that uh, we get another uh, dose of Big Nick energy experience. He's coming. Uh, if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I am not playing Jimmy Garoppolo. The, the Eagles do not present uh, much of a challenge. Uh, and they are an NFL team. And believe me, I... You know, any team can be beaten on any given Sunday. I've said that That's before, right. but come on, buddy. Come uh, on, buddy. Come on, buddy. The, the, the Eagles are as decimated as the 49ers or more, are. To be perfectly honest. In, in terms of quantity, I think the Eagles may have more injuries than the 49ers. It'd be close. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if they have quite as significant positions. The, the star power. Right. But then the Eagles don't have that much star power anyway. That's true. They have, I mean, if you're going to count Carson Wentz as a star, that's a question mark. Yeah. The way is, he's performed. Yeah. Especially lately. Yikes. And then outside of him, I mean, on offense, where are you going? Like Alshon Jeffrey? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, I don't think he's a star anymore. Um, Deshaun Jackson. I love the guy. What? Yeah. Marquise Goodwin. Who's out. I was say know, he, he opted out? out of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now are we missing anybody? On so the offensive we, side of the ball. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is one of the best tight ends. For sure. Football. Okay. That's fair. He's not out. Correct. Um, but then you move to the defensive side of the ball and you got Fletcher Cox and anybody. Anybody? Oh, um, they traded for Darius Slay in the offseason. So they have a, a solid corner. I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's good. He's good. I mean, he's he's grading out okay on, on PFF, but not like spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not worried at all about uh, Big Nick Energy and how he can perform against this team. I will say, though, that uh, I don't expect the – well, we'll get into it later. I don't expect the Philadelphia Eagles offense to do much on Sunday night, but their defense is ranked 15th in DVOA. So, you know, they are playing relatively well on the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Other news, uh, Kwan Williams and Akella Witherspoon were both limited again in practice. Uh, Kwan sat out on Wednesday. He has some kind of hip issue that he's dealing with. Akella was limited on Wednesday, and then he was also limited today on Thursday. So, I imagine, uh, actually, the 49ers signed uh, Jamar Taylor, a nickel corner, almost exclusively a nickel corner like K1, to the practice squad. And so you may see him elevated on Sunday if K1 can't go. And then last, but certainly not least, we talked about him earlier, the people's tight end, George Kittle, was a full go at practice, and he will be playing Sunday night against the Eagles. There's no reason that he wouldn't be playing on Sunday night. Um, the only reason that they would is that they were going to be extra, you know, extra cautious with Mr. Kittle, but he was a full go and he expects to play. He, he said he feels great. Um, I think he also said that he could have played last Sunday. They chose not to, which I think was the right decision, especially on that MetLife turf. Speaking of the MetLife turf, uh, somebody else got injured tonight in that Jets Broncos, um, barn burner. Barn burner. (laughs) <laughs> hey we're so connected awesome. like we just know it. well done nice it. job tp <laughs> it's already working well <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna run with it um as far as far as k1 uh he he is really important to uh to the 49ers defense that that position is probably one of the the most unsung heroes on the defense is the nickel corner and he plays it when he's at the top of his game he plays it just about as well as anybody but those those hip injuries those ball and socket joint injuries they are tricky uh because they they rely so much on on the tendons and the muscles to keep everything tight within that joint and when something is like a tiger um (laughs) (laughs) excellent I'll just follow it up. Uh, so when when something in there isn't right, 
uh, with the movement and the the flow of the body, what a corner has to do with the change of direction, flipping the hips and running, um, it, it just puts things at risk. So if he has to sit out this week, uh, you know what? If there if there was any time in the season where you're going to sit your guys to get right, this is the time. Uh, yeah, the, the it, first quarter of the season is is get healthy time for the 49ers. If uh, if you need to sit a DB, this is the week. Yesterday, the Eagles had one healthy wide receiver at practice. So again, if if you're if you need to rest your nickel corner, uh, this is this is definitely uh, the week to do it for sure. Uh, are they like are they holding tryouts like within the city? Are they doing? Well, it doesn't. It is does Mark seem... Wahlberg in Philadelphia Ooh. right now? invincible that i am in i got juice left for one more game all right hey, i will take call him i up. will take league minimum for one game <laughs> it's not gonna help anybody but it's not gonna make the they eagles any bodies. worse they just need yeah. bodies i'll be out there i got juice hey you know what they could do is they could run uh flea flicker with you and then you can just toss you know a bomb to uh, well, I don't know who because it, it doesn't There's seem no, like they no. have anyone to throw it to. To Fletcher Cox, he's gonna he will oh, play. Go. He's gonna he play, play receiver. <laughs> he will play receiver for. Uh, all right. So um, again, not a whole lot of news coming out. It's it's mainly just that injury news. So just to recap, uh, Jimmy. Well, one thing. One uh, thing. One thing that's that that we have to keep an eye on is there's another fire in in Napa. Oh, that's true. And the air quality uh, was at. Yeah, it was at 147, I think, today during practice, but it, it has the ability to spike up at any point. It's definitely been much smokier around here, and we yeah. live in the Sacramento area yeah, uh, in the valley, and it's 200 is the unsafe zone right. where they won't allow outside activities and sports. So well, and the NFL so, won't allow them to play either. So it's something to to keep an eye on moving forward. If the winds shift and if the the smoke funnels its way down through Santa Clara, we might have to figure out a new location or a new time that the 49ers are going to play the Eagles instead of Sunday night. Yeah, well, let's hope uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. You know, it's interesting the uh, the fire when it started, the smoke was blowing almost exclusively out to the coast and not south, and it seems that the the winds lately have shifted. So. Uh, we will definitely have to keep an eye on that, but uh, hopefully, you know, things don't things don't get postponed because I don't think the NFL is ready to try and figure out another postponement as well. All right, so let's go ahead and take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, El Jefe Tequila. Hey, Brian. Hey, Timbo. What are you up to? Starting my pregame at home. What are you doing? Same here. Since we can't be at Levi's Stadium tailgating in the blue lot with the faithful, we have to do it at home and we have to do it right. Yeah, buddy. Since we can't be at the Denim Dungeon, I'm sitting in my candlestick seats, I got my Shanna hat on, and I'm pouring a glass of El Jefe tequila. El Jefe? You mean that new generation of luxury craft tequila, the good stuff? That's right. Every time I pregame with El Jefe and watch the Niners, it's a win. The faithful do love tequila. What are you getting down with? The Blanco, the Reposado, or the Anejo? You know I'm sipping on that Anejo. It's toasty with hints of caramel and a light spice. Dude, it's been aged 14 months in American oak barrels. It is so smooth. You want a glass? You know I do. El Jefe's as smooth as Jimmy G's clean-shaven chin line. Wow, that is smooth. Cheers, buddy. Bang, bang. 
Niner Gang. If you'd like to purchase that luxury craft tequila, go to www.eljefetequila.com. That's www.eljefetequila.com. All right, now let's go ahead and move on to our third and long. These are the three matchups that will go a long way to determining the outcome of this game. And the first matchup we want to look at is our interior O-line versus Fletcher Cox. So, so far this season, Cox has 11 pressures, resulting in one sack, three hits, seven hurries, and he's had five stops, which are tackles that result in a play failure for the offense. So again, that would be a run stuff or something along those lines. And so I think, honestly, when it comes to our offense matched against their defense, this is this is definitely the the biggest obstacle that we're going to have. Fletcher Cox is arguably one of the top five, not even arguably, he's a top five defensive tackle in the NFL, maybe even top three. He's a bit of a game wrecker in our interior pass protection and run blocking for that matter has been a bit of a problem this so far this season. Um, they've made Quinn and Williams and Leonard Williams, Quinn, Quinn and Williams of the jets, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson of the giants look like all pros. And now they actually have to face an actual all pro in Fletcher Cox who can collapse the pocket with Mullen starting. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about that specifically because you know he didn't he didn't have to handle too much pressure uh in the Giants game there were a couple times where he had a little bit of a happy feet and and resulted in incompletions but if you remember that second half against the Jets any time that he felt pressure things just kind of fell apart and so it'll be interesting to see how he handles that on Sunday because Fletcher Cox will get his, he will collapse the pocket. He will provide pressure and it'll just be interesting to see how Mullins handles it. I love that you have that it, we have it's interior O line against Fletcher Cox. It's not the defensive line for the Eagles. It's it, this is one dude. He is, he's, he is kind of one of those all world players. He's fantastic. Um, and the 49ers are definitely going to have to scheme away from him. So expect Nick Mullins, if if Nick, I mean, all systems point to Nick Mullins being in there. If yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is in and he's not 100% mobile, this is Fletcher Cox will eat him up in a heartbeat. So expect to see this. If Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, is calling some plays where we have our normal Nick Mullins under center um, and he has some drop back, drop back passes, I fully expect Fletcher Cox to eat up our interior line and cause pressure. Expect Nick Mullins to be in the shotgun early and expect some play action where we get Nick Mullins outside of the tackles where he's coming downhill and he's able to see the field and read the defense. Um, I do not expect Nick Mullins to sit back in that pocket, take a three or a five-step drop, and then get smacked by Fletcher Cox. They're going to try and keep Nick away from him and have easy throws, clear passing lanes uh, for some success because uh, this guy can wreck the game plan. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think ultimately, and especially if you're, if you're not sure about Jimmy's ankle, right. Or at least not sure about his mobility on that ankle in a game where you've got a deep tackle that can collapse the pocket, you're going to have to move the pocket a lot, which means that you're going to have to get him out on the run. Like you said, play action, bootlegs, right. Bootlegs left. He showed Mullen showed that he can throw accurately on the run. And so I think ultimately you're right. I think you're going to see 
Shanahan kind of scheme some pocket movement and uh, get him out on the edges a little bit. Obviously not as a not as a run threat, but just to get away from Fletcher Cox and his game wrecking ability. So our next matchup is Carson Wentz. Or let me rephrase that. It's Carson Wentz's running versus the Niners defense. And so um, the Niners have given up 350 rushing yards on the season and 147 of those have come from the opposing quarterbacks. Now, granted, 91 of those were Kyler Murray. But even as you watched Sam Darnold, uh, you know, when they played Sam Darnold in the Jets uh, and then last week against Daniel Jones. Darnold didn't have any rushing stats. I think he rushed for like seven yards, but he did escape some sacks and kind of get on the edge. Do you see what Darnold did tonight? I did see what Darnold did tonight. Yeah. That was like a 50 yard run. He looked like Steve Young out there. And and, and at one point he stumbled like that famous uh, young run against the Vikings. He stumbled and it's like, oh, he's going down. And then all of a sudden he regained his balance and, you know, Denver forgot how to play defense and how to tackle. And he ran for like a 54 yard touchdown and, I don't think Sam Darnold even expected Sam Darnold to do that, but he he is sneaky athletic though. I like love the Sam- move that he put in the pocket. They they had a uh, they had a blitzer who came free, and he did a little shoulder shimmy and shrugged that that uh, blitzer off and 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 just took off. Yeah, I'm telling you, if Sam Darnold had pieces around him and a coach, a good coach, well, yeah, obviously. And look, I mean, let's just say stuff hits the fan and Sam Darnold winds up in the NFC West next year with the Rams or the Niners or something crazy, Sam Darnold would have an extremely successful career. Um, He's a good, he's a good player. I think he's being completely overshadowed by the abysmal play uh, of his teammates and just the horrific coaching uh, that he has around him. He's in a no win situation. If they, if they finish 0 and 16 or 1 and 15 because they lost tonight to the Broncos, so they're they 0 and 4 to start the first quarter of their season. If they have the first pick in the draft, are they drafting Trevor Lawrence? I think you have to at that point, but but we'll see. You know, and I I don't know if you saw this in the game as well. My buddy Kyle texted me a link to a tweet, and it was just a photo or just a video of uh, Adam Gase on the sidelines doing smelling salts. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. So it's a habit that he actually has. He does it a lot, but they got video of him doing it. And you see uh, this trainer or whatever, some, some team employee walk up to him and hand him the smelling salts and he, and he sniffs it. And then all of a sudden you see his eyes just like bulge out of his head and he kind of blinks like five or six times and then he kind of shakes his head and, and you can kind of see him go like, woo. And I'm like, what the who who is this guy what a weirdo he's a super weirdo dude he is a humongous weirdo and i think ultimately um he's gonna be fired if not this week uh it's coming he's gonna be the first coach fired for sure oh for sure and they need to take his defensive coordinator with him how do you give up how do you give up 37 points to a rookie quarterback making his first nfl start and not only that but a rookie nfl quarterback making his first nfl start who threw three interceptions and you still gave up 37 points and lost to that team. That's hot. Unacceptable. It's, but didn't you also see tonight? Like it's the same thing that happened. The 49ers remember the head hunting game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He would, they have like three roughing the passer penalties. Yeah. Like it. And even Steve is a scumbag. 
He really is. And even Steve Smith Sr. came on, uh, I think it was ESPN after the game, and he was talking, and he, and he talked about this is the type of defense that Greg Williams runs. This is the type, and he called it BS. This is the type of BS that he coaches his guys up for. He's the leader of that defense. He's the captain of that ship. You know, the buck stops with him. And then Steve's what I loved what I love about Steve Smith is he'll talk he'll talk crap about anybody. I love but it. But then and he'll say it to their face too. And he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, if Greg Williams was sitting right in front of me, we've had this discussion before. He does that BS he did that BS then, he does that BS now and it needs to stop. I was like, dude, I love that. That's awesome. Little five nine Steve Smith senior ready to fight anybody on the field. Absolutely. I love it. But yeah, let's circle back. We were talking about uh, our third and long matchup. The second one is Carson Wentz's running versus the Niners D. Uh, like I said, the Niners have given up 350 yards rushing on the season. 147 of those have come from opposing quarterbacks. They've also given up some drive extending scrambles to Daniel Jones last week that were, you know, again, kind of, it just feels like it's the Achilles heel of this defense. And last week against the Bengals, uh, Wentz ran nine times for 65 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he does have that ability and it, it will be interesting to see. I don't know if, if Wentz is going to be like Murray where, you know, his running necessarily impacts the game to the point where the Eagles could win. But I do think that his running ability and the 49ers inability to contain the quarterback could extend some drives to the detriment of, uh, of the defense. If if Nick Mullins and the 49ers offense isn't playing up to their level that they should, a quarterback being able to extend drives is going to be a killer. And if Carson Wentz is able to keep the Eagles in the game, if it's a one-score game, if it's an eight-point game, any point late in the you know, in the third quarter, early in the fourth, the Eagles will start to gain some confidence. This is the type of a thing that can sneak sneak up on you, and this can be a trap game in the sense where the 49ers are they are basically they're piss poor against mobile quarterbacks. For yeah, some no reason, way around it. they just it just seems to be the the worst thing that they they can't figure out. I don't know if if Sala just doesn't have that page in his playbook, or if the the personnel and the scheme that they run is just anti watch the quarterback. You'd think that with the athleticism of Mr. Unlimited, ugh, sorry, what? what the worst self-given nickname ever, uh, Russell Wilson and his little brother, Kyler Murray, the those two guys, you just think that you have to play them four times a year, period, minimum. And you're probably going to face one in the playoffs moving forward. You'd think that you would have a scheme and somebody to spy the quarterback. I, I don't get it. I just, I don't understand it. I really hope that the 49ers figure out a way to contain Carson Wentz. He's been pretty much the most inaccurate quarterback throwing the football this year. He has, he's given up more turnover worthy plays than any other quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I saw a stat today that said Russell Wilson could throw 45 straight interceptions and he would still have a higher QBR than Carson Wentz. That doesn't That's even make sense. Pretty pathetic. I don't even understand. Like that either means that Carson Wentz is playing the worst football of his life, or slash and QBR just doesn't make any sense. Forty five straight interceptions and somebody still having a higher rating. Get out of here. 
Yeah. Get that garbage stat out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think it just highlights just how poorly Wentz has been playing. And, you know, ultimately with his, with his struggles throwing the ball, let's just, you know, maintain, maintain that, uh, that edge on the defense. Don't allow him to escape outside and force him to throw the ball. And more than likely you're going to end up with one or two turnovers because that's the type of play that he's had up until now. And that gets us to our third uh, and final matchup that we're looking at for this week against the Eagles. And that is Fred Warner versus Zach Ertz. So Fred Warner had a hell of a game last, uh, last Sunday against the giants. Um, Greg Cassell from NFL films uh, said that he believes that Fred Warner is one of the top three linebackers in the NFL currently, which is awesome and high praise from, from a guy that all he does is study film and talk about football, but the Eagles, like I said, they have very few pass catching threats right now because of all the injuries. Jalen Rieger will be out. Deshaun Jackson will be out. It's basically Zach Ertz and Greg Ward, who they signed off the street last year because of all their wide receiver injuries. Um, Dallas Goddard, the other tight end that they have, he, I think he broke his ankle, but he is on IR right now. And so they, again, they don't have, very many pass catching threats. And so really the only one that they've got is Zach Ertz and, and he does the most of his damage, you know, kind of over the middle of the field. And so it'll be interesting to see how many times Warner is matched up against, uh, against Ertz and see if he can shut him down. But last week Ertz had 10 catches on 11 targets, but for 70 yards. And that's the kind of offense that the Eagles are running right now where they have nobody to stretch the field. So they've really kind of, condensed their offense, which is a huge advantage for the defense because you can kind of, you know, you can kind of crowd the line of scrimmage and just keep everything in front of you because you're not afraid that they're going to get behind you. And so, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of short passes and, you know, tackles right when the ball gets there and you're looking at four five, six yards uh, per reception. And so that's where you get, that's where you get a game where you caught 10 balls, but you only, you only gained 70 yards. Yeah, Zach Ertz is a he was one of the best tight ends in the league. I I still think he's probably a top 5 tight end, maybe. He's getting up there. He's getting up there yeah, in age. He's top 10 at least. He's, he's top 10 at least, but I mean, do you know like have you seen that commercial with with Zach Ertz and his wife when they're like competing? I have, and, yeah. Cuz his wife gonna, his wife played for uh the uh, U.S. women's national team for soccer. Yeah, that's right. Julie Beth Ertz. I'm yeah. going to say right now that's 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 Zach Ertz's best quality is his wife. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just going to say like well done Zach Ertz. Like um, she has a World Cup title. He has a Super Bowl ring. You know. Yeah, that's hey, that's a great couple. Like way to go. But I I think Zach Ertz's best years are behind him on the football field. He needs to focus on family, and I'd say with the way this Eagles organization is going, it might be time to hang him up, Zachy. It, it's probably done. It's probably over. I, I think Fred Warner, all, po- all pro Fred, he is going to lock down Zach Ertz when he is on him. Uh, it, it's just uh, we might see Fred with another pick this week. It's, it's highly likely. Uh, I'd like to see uh, the entire defense calling out Oski, Oski, Oski. That is a, <laughs> awesome. That's 
That's a common defensive phrase for when there is an interception so that the defense knows to turn and start blocking in the other direction to try and get the uh, their teammate into the end zone. But no crackbacks. Uh, so, no crackbacks. No crackbacks. Oh, man. Yeah. I, gosh. So, I, so you, you, are, you are ready for Zach Ertz to retire. How old is Zach Ertz? I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, no, I'm just asking you. I have it up. I'm asking you. Uh, he's uh, he's 33. He'll be 34. He'll be 30 Damn. in November. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's time for him to retire. Just uh, then, it's time for him to find a new organization where he can actually, you know, he can live go. out his twilight years of his career. Where would be a good place for he's a he's to a go? Bay Area kid. It, you want to know where he could come home? He could in in a year or two. He could replace Jordan Reed. In a year or two, Jordan Reed has like this is his one year. Come on, man. Okay, fair enough. Jordan Jordan Reed does not need any more concussions. He, he come back, give him his one year. Look at, I mean, he's already injured again. Yeah, Zach Ertz, Kittle, and Ertz. That'd be a great combo. That would be awesome. All right, what, trivia question: Where right. did Zach Ertz meet his wife? I'm gonna guess at Stanford. Very good. Bonus points. Where at Stanford? <laughs> like specific location? Yeah. Um, in class. Incorrect. They met at the Stanford University baseball stadium, or known as Sunken Diamond. You nice. ever been to that? You ever been to the Sunken Diamond? I, I have not. I have not. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. That's awesome. I went there on a recruiting trip and. As soon as they figured out my grades, I was like, I'm not invited back. <laughs> Get this man off our campus immediately. It, he is we are now dumber for having invited him here. Oh, God. <laughs> I swear, I'm just not a good test taker, okay? Uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and move on to our last segment of the night, and that is our Shanna plan. This is what we think uh, Kyle Shanahan, either a matchup or... Um, you know, a, a scheme that he may use to take advantage of some weakness of the Eagles defense. And I wanted to highlight because you did send this to me. Um, I think on Monday you sent a text with a link to a tweet and Nate Gary, who is a linebacker for the Eagles so far in coverage this season, he has had 13 targets. He has given up 13 catches for 158 yards two touchdowns allowed, 10 first downs. He has no interceptions. He has no pass breakups. And when targeting Nate Gary in coverage, opposing quarterbacks have a 156.9 passer rating, which if you don't know passer rating, 158.3, right? Yes. Yeah, 158.3 is the highest you can get. He is, again, giving up to opposing quarterbacks a 156 point nine passer rating. So for me, I expect Shanahan and Mullins, you know, in turn to exploit this weakness with Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield. And then also with Kittle and Dwelly as well. Uh, Shanahan likes to pick on specific players at times. Um, he absolutely embarrassed and abused Blake Martinez last year when they played the, the Packers both times and then kind of abused him a little bit uh, this past uh, Sunday. But uh, I they think ran he's the, same do the same here. Play, yeah. It made Blake Mar it made Martinez absolutely dive inside uh, and and totally lose responsibility 
and he looked like a fool. And that was the Ayuk touchdown, right? Yes, it was so good. It was so good to watch. Baldy's uh, breakdowns. He had he had one with the two plays kind of side by side, showing Martinez doing the exact same thing, just in two different jerseys. It was great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that, like I said, that's the kind of detail that Shanahan really kind of eats up. And so uh, I expect there to be by the end of this game, Nate Gary still will. Uh, you know, not have any pass breakups or interceptions. And I think, uh, again, I think he will get picked on a little bit. And ultimately, you know, the the Shanahan scheme in, in, in Mullins this past Sunday, uh, Oscar Aparicio of Better Rivals podcast uh, calls him Mofo Mullins because he throws in the middle of the field really well. And so, um, you know, I think he'll he'll lean into that. And, you know, you've got pass catchers, on the, you know, on the squad that, uh, you know, that are, are going to attack the middle of the field. And, you know, Nate Gary is probably going to have a rough game. Can you imagine if you're Nate Gary and you're trying to go to sleep on Saturday night and you're like, okay, I'm either going to guard George Kittle, Jarek McKinnon, Nope, not going to do it. I'm sick. I've got a case of the, I got the San, Rona. I got the San Francisco flu. I can't seem to get myself out of bed Sunday morning. I just can't do it. Oh, I'm out. Nope, nope, nope. That would be interesting if we see Sunday that uh, Nate Gary came down with an illness. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I just want to take this moment to, to thank... All of our listeners, you guys have been fantastic. We really appreciate all of the feedback that you've been giving us, all of the participation, uh, in whether it be Twitter or text messaging or DMs. Um, mailbag questions. Mailbag questions. We will be starting those up. Uh, we love your input. We love the questions you have. So take a moment. Uh, you can DM the Denim Dungeon podcast on Twitter and... And and to be quite honest with you, we you know we do this show for you guys. We love talking football, but just you know this was a an experiment that we we started, and we got such such good feedback from all of you that we decided we got to keep it going, and we're just having a blast interacting with everybody. So please uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, please rate the podcast. I would, you know, we, we really appreciate you giving us a five-star review. Uh, if you think we've earned it, it takes literally two seconds to, to go down to that five-star ranking and, and hit those five stars. It means the world to us. And then if you feel like leaving a comment, some feedback, we're always game for that as well. And if you, uh, if you're listening and you think a friend might enjoy this podcast, you think there's somebody out there, you know, just get a friend to listen because everybody that downloads the podcast, uh, it just, it means the world to us. And the more people that listen, the more things that, you know, might come your way with who knows what spawn. I don't, it's probably the giveaways swag, you know, Hey, if we get big enough, we could have denim dungeon swag, you know, you never know. How nice would it be to give away a pair of Levi's? You know what? Maybe a pair of overalls. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's what I appreciate about you. That's what I appreciate about you, Timbo Slice. All right. Well, that's all we have for you guys tonight. 
just like Tim said, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend. Smash that subscribe button. We will be back Tuesday morning, hopefully a triumphant Tuesday with a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. But until then, bang, bang. Not a gang. Garoppolo fires. It is caught still.